0: what's going on guys it's nick here back with another video week two is here so it's time for the first trade targets video of the season goal of this video touch on players who mostly underperformed either the previous week maybe over the last month at times obviously for us we only have one week so we're definitely talking about the previous week and this one is trying to find some players that we can trade for one overarching bit of advice here is to not panic after one week It's very easy to just freak out, start drawing just wild conclusions. But there was a 45 play gap between the lowest and highest volume team after one week. The Colts tied the Texans. The Seahawks beat a Super Bowl contender. Burrow, Carr, Stafford combined to throw 10 interceptions. Donovan Peoples-Jones has the fourth highest target share in the NFL right now. And your top six tight ends in half EPR scoring Or Kelsey, OJ Howard, Taysom Hill, Gerald Everett, Will Disley, and Colby Parkinson. Relax. Like, it's been one week. Don't freak out. Don't throw out all of your priors and just, you know, remember all the things we talked about over the summer. It's been one game. Everyone's going to have bad and good games this season. Even bad players will post spiked weeks. So with that, who are some players who you could be trading for this week? We'll start off with the one that everyone wants to hear about, and that's Allen Robinson. So going into last week, I had Robinson projected for five receptions, 68 yards, 0.6 touchdowns, effectively a 60% chance of scoring a touchdown. But he finished week one with one reception for 12 yards, zero touchdowns. Not exactly a good week. And I think everyone that was watching that game, uh, you know, drew a very similar conclusion that it just was not the night for the Rams. Stafford basically just like forgot about any wide receiver that was not named Cooper Cup. And so despite completing 70% of his passes, he only threw for 240 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. And the Rams were only able to score 10 points all game. So that's the bad. We do need to realize, though, that the Buffalo Bills defense just dominated the Rams all game that's something that's not going to happen that many times this season obviously the bills have one of the best defenses in football and the rams aren't going to be playing one of the best defenses in football every single week so there's going to be plenty of weeks where they're facing much easier defenses they're able to do much more on offense and i really think Stafford was just like super uncomfortable all night and we obviously know that he trusts cooper cup more than any other player and so when he's uncomfortable when everyone's covered, he's going to force the ball in the cup, and that's kind of what we saw in Week 1. But that trust in Alan Robinson is just going to build as the season goes on, so we should expect his involvement in the offense to grow each and every week. And at the end of the day, he played 97% of the snaps, and there's no one behind him on the depth chart. So it would be one thing if we were concerned about someone taking his snaps, taking his targets, but even when Van Jefferson returns, he's going to take the snaps away from... Skoronik, Skoronik, however you pronounce his last name, and Tutu Atwell. Like the, these secondary, tertiary options in the offense, he's not taking snaps and targets from Alan Robinson. So I really think his role in the offense is very safe. His red zone role is very safe. So I still expect him to have a very large um, touchdown share this season. Obviously, they only threw one touchdown. It was to Cooper Cup. Had they thrown three or four, which It's not going to happen really against the Bills. We're going to see different outcomes. So I'm not trading for him at cost. I would imagine in most leagues on Robinson went in like the fourth round, somewhere in that kind of range. And so I'm not saying, ooh, he had a bad game. He's easy to get. Let's trade my fourth round pick for Allen Robinson. Like you always want to be acquiring these players who underperform at a lower cost than originally took to get them. So if your league mate is just freaking out, they're like, he's dust, he's not going to perform this offense, it's only Cooper Cup. I mean, maybe you can get him for like flex value, someone that you would consistently kind of use in the flex, but isn't good enough to play at like, well, it really obviously depends, like running back to um, wide receiver two. you know. Hopefully uh, the person that has Allen Robinson is maybe deep at wide receiver, very thin at running back, you're deep at running back, you can make a very easy swap for Allen Robinson. Uh, So it is largely going to depend with all of these, what is your team? And that's like a very important kind of point to understand is that value is dependent on both teams. Allen Robinson might be impossible to trade for for some of you because he's the wide receiver too on a team that went like running back tight end, quarterback heavy. They kind of need him versus, you know, maybe he's a lot easier to get in a team that drafted five wide receivers in a row, busted kind of on Allen Robinson, it looks like, to start. And they're like, oh, well, I have all these other wide receivers. I need running back. Maybe they're going to trade with you, who has a billion running backs. You start with that. So it really does depend on what your team is, what the other team is. But in general, I think if you can trade, like, generic flex value for Allen Robinson, I would do it. Um, I don't have the full projections for week two right now. Obviously, you guys know I record this the day before, so it's currently noon on Tuesday. In the afternoon on Tuesday, that's when I'm going to be posting the week two rankings. And so, I don't know yet. On the super initial run that cannot be trusted at all, he was like 22nd among wide receivers. They are playing uh, the Falcons this week good matchup. I think they had 29 projected points. Like Vegas is expecting them to bounce back this week, have a good week. And so I think he's going to have a bounce back. I will be probably sending some trade offers for Alan Robinson. Um, I'd have him in one of three leagues. I would not even be considering any trades for him because again, you don't want to trade a player that had one reception, right? You're just trading low at that point. Next up, Christian McCaffrey. I had McCaffrey projected as, I believe, the running back two in the week. I think um, Jonathan Taylor was ahead of him. And I had him projected for 54% of the carries, 19% of the targets. He goes out. He had 53% of the carries and 16% of the targets. So he he basically did, and targets kind of depends on what site you use. But in general, the statement is, he did what we thought he'd do. In terms of total volume, that's what we thought was going to happen. And I projected him second, given that volume. But the offense only ran 50 total plays, which was the second lowest on the week. Meanwhile, the Browns on the other side ran 74 plays. So the issue with McCaffrey was not that they're not using him, that he was bad. Like, obviously, he wasn't fantastic on a per touch basis, but, you know, he had 10 carries and four targets. Like, he didn't have that many opportunities. But had the offense ran a normal amount of plays, we would have seen both the targets and the carries. Jump And people would have been a lot more excited. You look at Foreman, you look at Chuba Hubbard, they had three total touches, right? And McCaffrey had the second highest snap share among all running backs in week one. So he's out there every single play, or not every play, no running back is out there every play, but he's out there just as much, likely more than any other running back that you're looking at. It's just that his team had a super low volume game, something we're not expecting to continue moving forward. So if the McCaffrey team in your league is panicking, take advantage. I would trade for him. I'm also not really worried about Kyle Pitts or Mark Andrews. I tweeted this out the other day, but just like with McCaffrey, their involvement was exactly like we thought it would be. I projected Mark Andrews for a 24% target share. He had a 24.1% target share. Projected Pitts for a 21% target share. He had a 22.5% target share. They did what they thought, but variance is going to happen. Neither one ends up scoring, and Pitts in particular ended up being super inefficient with his targets. But both are obvious focal points of their respective offenses. Both are true difference makers in fantasy. You do not find tight ends that have the weekly ceiling that these two have. And also with Andrews, Baltimore ran 53 plays compared to 79 plays for the Jets, Joe Flacco threw 59 pass attempts. Baltimore ran 53 total plays. That is not going to happen every week. And had Baltimore ran a normal number of plays, you would not be feeling bad about Mark Andrews. Once the plays go up, his production will increase. So if you missed out on an elite top five tight end in the draft, and you're sitting there in a league where the Kyle Pitts owner, or the Mark Andrews owner is frustrated with that production, they're like, oh, why did I spend such an early pick? Pounce on that. They're true difference makers. They're going to be just fine. Another player I'd look to trade for, uh, definitely not one that we need to aggressively target, but one we maybe want to start talks with now, is CD Lamb. And I know that might seem pretty strange given the Dak injury, but that's the point, is that his value is much, much lower right now. I do not expect Lamb to do all that much over the next few weeks. And so again, this is maybe a, Start trade talks now. Send a low ball offer, not one that's like annoyingly low. Like, don't be that person who's sending, you know, like your 13th round pick for CD Lamb. Like, that's just annoying. You're going to get blocked. But send an offer that's clearly in your favor just to kind of begin discussions because over the next few weeks, if the performances continue being really bad, you know, that person's going to be thinking, oh man, I could have traded away CD Lamb and you're still going to be there willing to accept him. Gallup is a key piece of this offense. Dak going to be out maybe like a month, uh, more positive reports as of recording this, that maybe it is only going to be like one month, not the like six to eight weeks we thought before. But think about that. Like if he's bad over the next few weeks, that's honestly not the end of the world. If you're going to trade for him now or in a week or so, they're going to get Gallup back. That's obviously going to help him. It's going to take a little bit of that focus that defenses have on Lamb off. It's going to open up a little bit more for him. It's going to help the offense overall because he's not throwing to, like, Semi Theheko and, like, Noah Brown. He's throwing to Michael Gallup. So they're more efficient on offense, more scoring opportunities, staying on the field longer. And then if Dak returns in a month to a month and a half, you have him over, you know, the second half of the season, which are the most valuable games in fantasy. And also, he had a bad week. He had 11 targets. I mean, that's a massive number. He's going to be heavily, heavily targeted in this offense. It's not a team that we consistently think is going to be like dominating in the second half of games. They're going to have to throw the ball and they're not going to play the Bucs every week. When you have these opening games, and people just anchor to these performances, but it's against the Bills. It's against the Bucs. It's like, well, what did you expect? These are really, really good defenses. Of course, you're going to have you know higher variance, especially on the low end. So again, send a lower offer, see if you can get something done. But if not, he's probably not going to have that great of a game next week. And so it'll begin discussions now, maybe get the trade done next week. Uh, Similar discussion on this player, Damian Pierce. So I don't know that you need to trade for him right now because they're playing at Denver this coming week, and the odds that Damian Pierce has a good game are relatively low. So start trade discussions now. Someone's going to, I mean, then hopefully has a bad game. The person especially if they drafted recently, may have taken him in like the 6th or the 7th round. Two bad games, trade offers coming in, you know, they'd be much more willing to trade for him after next week. Uh, So obviously, you know, Pierce, he didn't do that much in week one. 11 carries, 33 yards, one reception for six yards. But we at least saw like what this offense is capable of. And honestly, like my hope with this team was that they would just like be close to league average. Never thought they'd be an above average offense, but close to league average. And you know, they tied the Colts. Like at the end of the day, they're not an awful team. Now again, they, they play at Denver. Denver's not going to be happy after losing that game in Seattle. They're probably going to go out there and dominate the Texans. But you know, he had 12 touches. Maybe he goes up to like 13 or 14 touches this next week remains inefficient at Denver, you trade for him, and he's just going to be trending up. You got to understand that Burkhead is not getting 14 carries and eight targets every week. They want Pierce to be the guy. He's obviously better than Rex Burkhead. Expect Pierce to take like one to two touches every week. And sometime in the next two to three weeks, Pierce is going to take over as the lead back. And once that happens, He's going to be getting 15, 16, 17 carries a week. He's going to be getting a few targets. He'll never be like a target hog. But, you know, if you combine 15 to 16 carries with two to three targets every week, that's pretty valuable in fantasy. That's someone you're consistently starting at running back to. And I think that's in the cards in like a month. And so we have about a month to play with here where you have the opportunity to trade for him. Again, maybe you don't have to do it this week because you're probably not even starting him in week two start discussions now. If you happen to get a really lucky low ball offer, do it. But if not, that's okay. We'll do it next week. Another player that I trade for before people catch on is Alan Lazard. Now I'm high on Romeo. Um, I think that Christian Watson is going to be a relatively consistent deep threat. I don't know if he's going to have a huge, like um, huge target share on the offense, but he's going to consistently be used downfield. But Rogers is in love with Alan Lazard. And it's pretty obvious that he missed him this last week. Uh, when he's back, he's going to step right into the wide receiver one role. And while he's never going to approach what Adams was able to do, there's a pretty decent chance that when Lazard returns, he's putting up wide receiver two numbers. And that might seem like a stretch, but if you watch that game, Rodgers just needed someone. I think he's going to involve Aaron Jones a little bit more than he did in that game. That was a little bit weird that Jones didn't get all that many touches because he was super efficient with all the touches that he got. But I think Jonah's going to get more work. I think Robert Tanyan is someone we talked about in the waiver Wire video. He's someone that's going to be involved more as the season goes on. But when Lazard comes back, that's going to kick out Watkins. You know, some of these Cobb targets are going to go to Lazard. Some of these targets that were going to Romeo, going to Christian Watson, are also going to go to Lazard. And it's just like, from hearing everything, we know Aaron Rodgers trusts him. We know he likes him. He's going to force him the ball. Lazard's going to be good with those targets because they're coming from Aaron Rodgers. So if you have the opportunity to trade for him, it does not seem like a long-term injury. It seems like a relatively short-term injury. And if Lazard comes back and the first week out he has nine targets, you will not be able to trade for him. And since the person who drafted him probably took him in round like eight or nine, something like that, I would imagine he's fairly easy to trade for. Some players that I'm not necessarily trading away, that, as I said before, really just depends on your team. We're not sitting here and saying, oh, this player had a good week. got to trade him away, right? That's not ever what you should be doing. It's more, here's a list of players that if you enter trade discussions with someone else and you have these players, I would be perfectly willing to trade them away. So if you're trying to target someone else, you have these players, I'm fine not having them on your team anymore, but I'm not saying, oh, I've got this dude. Got to get rid of him. For nothing. This is also a list of players that maybe some of them performed okay, but I'm not targeting in the trade market. So for running back, Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, David Montgomery, Tony Pollard. At wide receiver, Deontay Johnson and Marquise Brown. Again, not saying they're all going to be terrible. Just I don't really love their value right now. I would not be trading for them. Jacobs might have less than. 20 total targets in this offense. He is not going to have a pass catching role. And if they ever do decide to give Zamir White and touches, Jacobs is almost unstartable at that point. Gibson was really saved by the receptions this last week. But Robinson should return in about a month. And that is going to crush his value. When it happens, he'd be the one that I'm most likely to say, oh, I have this player. Let's look to trade him away. Uh, Montgomery did not look great. And I really do think Herbert could be coming for his job. That one's tough to say, oh, I'm trading him away because he did nothing. Like he had very few fantasy points. Um, maybe someone will look at the total touches and be like, oh, he still got the touches. I'll trade for him, but I don't really want Montgomery on my teams. I was not impressed with what I saw from him. Tony Pollard, you know, just wasn't used that much in the receiving game. Um, we always hear every off season, oh, they're going to use two running back sets. They're going to throw to these running backs a ton from like the slot and everything. It pretty much never occurs zeke is healthy for some reason dallas is in love with ezekiel elliott zeke is going to be the running back one wow at least in touches not a running back one but in touches on this offense he'll be the top guy pollard needs an injury he needs to see elevated targets which doesn't seem like they're happening now you've got the injured quarterback like it's not someone that i really want to be training for you can include him in trade targets um deontay johnson great target chair but like i've said all off season it's not An elite passing offense, and with rookies on a roster, you always expect rookies to start off a little bit slow. And as every week progresses, they get more and more comfortable, more and more involved in the offense. Typically, after the bye in the second half of the season, that's when they truly break out. You know, Deontay Johnson had a good target share, but like again, he didn't—he didn't do a whole lot with it because the passing offense isn't that fantastic. And when Pickens starts to become more involved in this offense. That's going to directly be taken away from Deontay Johnson. And so I would try and get out of that before that starts to happen. If we see Pickens start to really emerge and Deontay really reduces that target share, he's not super valuable anymore. And then finally, Marquise Brown, he had a much lower target share than even I expected. Now, I had him like 10 spots behind ADP in the rankings. I doubt many of you have him. But at least in week one, we had Rondell Moore out. We have Hopkins out. We've got a game where they're obviously going to be losing. So they're going to have to pass it. The like, guy, I, I really did think that he would have a solid game and a, a good target share, but he did not have a very high target share in that game. Rondell Moore would be back soon. Hopkins will return a little bit after that. You know, if he's only getting six targets when he's competing with A.J. Brown, Greg Dortch, and Andy Isabella, I mean, I can't imagine he's going to do a whole lot better than that once Rondell Moore and Hopkins return. So, you can call those sell highs you can call them whatever you want those are really just players that i'm not really trading for and if i have them i'm more than willing to include them in a trade if a trade needs to get done but that'll do it for the week two trade targets video i have a longer list of potential trade candidates on my website thefencefootballadvice.com, and it's also ordered by level of importance I also will have, when you're watching this, I don't have it right now as I'm recording, but when you're watching this, the first run of projections and rankings for week two will be live on the site. So make sure you check both of those out. I'll be back tomorrow with running back start sits. Friday, wide receiver start sits. Saturday, to go over my favorite plays this week. That, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all enjoyed If you did, how about hitting the like button? And how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.